0: You're listening to a prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at slash support. Now, one of the interesting events that also happened on this journey. Is that the Prophet refused to accept the gift of a mushrik, of a pagan. It has been narrated that when the Prophet was on this journey, he was continuing towards Mecca, he met a group of people from the tribe of Banu Nahd or Nahd. The Prophet invited them, come to Islam, they refused. Then They offered him milk as a gift, so they continued to be idol worshippers. they refused to become Muslims, but they gifted him what? Some milk. The Prophet excused himself, he said I cannot accept a gift from a pagan. So the Muslims, what did they do? They bought the milk from them, so they paid them for it. They took the milk, they didn't return it, but like we'll pay you for it, we'll make a transaction. The, our Prophet does not accept gifts from mushriks. A few observations here. Number one, is that impolite? You are given a gift and you reject it. Is that not polite, like impolite? <laughs> Some people have accused the Prophet of being impolite with the pagans. But why did the Prophet reject their hadiya, their gift? They rejected the oneness of Allah and Tawheed, which is the basis of the universe, the foundation of all faiths, they rejected his call. He's a messenger from God. They rejected him. When you reject him and falsify him, see, because when you reject the Prophet, you're telling him you're a liar, God didn't send you. Because if God sent you, I have to listen to you. So when you tell someone you're a liar, God didn't send you, there is no one God, why are you obligated to accept their gift? They're being impolite, not him. If someone comes, right, and let's say you became a medical doctor, you graduated and you have an MD, an official MD. Somebody comes in your office with a tray of buklawa, and then he tells you, you are not a doctor, you never graduated, you're a liar. And then he gives you the buklawa. Are you going to take it? Are you obligated to take it? If you said, no, I excuse myself, you know, I'm not going to take it. Is that impolite? Of course not. The person came accusing you of lying, rejecting your credentials. The Prophet has the greatest credentials in the history of humankind. He's the messenger of Allah. They rejected that. Why is he obligated to accept their gift? So those who say it's impolite, they're wrong. So you have to... Understand this point. Secondly, the Prophet, when he rejected their hadiya, their gift, he did not want any mushrik to have a favor on him. You are a mushrik. You put God, my Lord, with idols. I don't want you to have any favors on me. Let me give you an example. Let's say someone, God forbid, killed your father or mother. You don't want to accept gifts from that person. You don't want the person who killed your father, who killed your mother to have a favor on you. You don't want them to have a favor on you. Is that impolite? Is that irrational? No. The person committed a crime. He killed your mother unjustly. It wasn't justified. It's not like it was an accident. No, deliberately killed your mother. I'm not obligated to accept his gift. I don't want him to have a favor on me. Or someone, would you accept a gift from this person? I know you'll find this <laughs> example funny, but that's the reality. So who, who's the most important person in your life? The dearest person to you in your life? Who, is, who would it be? Your a lot of people say your parents. Okay. Now imagine there's a person in the community. Every day he comes and he puts your parents at par with a fly. And he says, your parents are flies. Your parents' level is at the level of a fly. They're at the level of an insect. Your parents are insects. And he compares them to insects. And he puts them at the level of insects. And he treats them like insects. Every single day he does that. Would you accept a gift from this person? I guarantee you you would not. If you have honor and dignity, you would not. These pagans, they put Allah, the king of the universe, with stones and wood. That's the biggest insult to the position of Allah. You put the grand creator of this universe with a piece of stone? Stone that you crafted with your hand? The the piece of wood that burns and becomes ash? That's the biggest insult to the position of Allah. So that's why the Prophet, those pagans who heard his message, He explained it to them very clearly. They had no excuse. And they would not join the religion of Islam. They would not accept Tawheed. The Prophet would not accept their gift. No doubt about that. He could not accept their gift. So this is not impolite by all means. In fact, this is rational. If the Prophet would have accepted their gifts, that would have been a source of objection to his personality and to his biography. So that's the first observation here. Do you you agree with this or you have another way of looking at it? Yes. Um, I just wanted to ask like, how should we deal with family members who like, um, disrespect God and you know, curse God and stuff uh... like that? There are two types of family members who disrespect God or those who would curse God. One of them are those who don't know any better. They're extremely ignorant. They grew up in ignorant environments, they've never had the opportunity to see the truth. These people, if you have an opportunity to show them the truth, you can still, you know, keep some ties with them and accept their gifts. That's fine. Because remember, people take time to be guided. But if these people are not ignorant, they do know who God is or what the status of God is, out of arrogance or stubbornness they insult God, these people you have to dissociate from, yes. You have to keep your distance from them. Even if their family it's, isn't like allowed to cut ties? Yes. Even if their family, if they are insulting God, and they're doing it repeatedly, there's no indication they're stopping. And if you brought it up with them and you tell them, look, uh, you know, I'm not asking you to believe in whatever I believe. But God is the creator. Don't insult God. That's not welcome. If you've made it clear to them that this is not okay, like when I'm around, do not insult God. The, I, mean, I will not tolerate that. That That's very offensive. If they keep doing it, yes, at that point you would cut off, cut them off even if they're your family. But if you have hope, you know what, they're, they're ignorance. I have a chance in guiding them. They don't know any better. Then at that point you can continue your ties until you reach a point where you know they're being stubborn and arrogant. So that's how, like, you make the decision. What if they, yes. What if they're, they're not, like, uh, they don't curse God or anything, but... They're not, they have they're not religious, to do with God. No, the, yeah those people don't cut them off, if they're your family, have good ties with them. The example she gave is they're, they're cursing God, like they're offending the status of God, that, that's different. Because when someone does that, I have to step in, I have to take a stance to, to support the truth. But if they, But if you're dealing with people who are not religious, right, they're just not into religion, no, don't don't cut them off. Your family, don't cut them off. Unless they're negatively influencing you, then you have to keep some distance. So this is the first point. The second point, now that we've established that the Prophet does not accept a gift from who, From any mushrik. Today, the majority of Ahlul Sunnah, they claim, as we have examined before, and we've covered this uh, the first year in depth, they have claimed that Abu Talib, the uncle of the Prophet and the father of Imam Ali, died as a mushrik, that's their claim. However, one response that I would like to mention here, is that the Prophet was very close to Abu Talib and he accepted all the favors of Abu Talib. In fact, Abu Talib raised the Prophet, he grew up in the house of Abu Talib. Abu Talib would spend on the Prophet, he would gift the Prophet, he treated him like one of his sons. This is proof that Abu Talib must have been a believer. Because if Abu Talib was a mushrik, the Prophet had made it very clear, I don't accept any favors from a mushrik. So if Abu Talib was a mushrik, why would the Prophet accept favors from him? That contradicts his personality, that tra- contradicts his seerah. The Prophet would not accept a simple, a, sim- a simple gift from a mushrik, milk, milk, glass of milk, he wouldn't accept it. He would accept years over 10 years of Abu Talib after Islam, over 10 years of Abu Talib spending on him, caring for him, supporting him, he would accept that? Why would he accept the favors of a mushrik when he has demonstrated that he doesn't? This is solid proof amongst the other proofs that we've mentioned before. Abu Talib must have been a believer in God. If he was a pagan, it's impossible for the Prophet to accept his favors. Yes. No, no, I'm talking about Bi'tha, year 40. No, no, no but Abu Talib was raising him even before, right? Even before. Right. So but the, but the point is, after he received Islam, Abu Talib stayed about 10 years into, the, into Islam. Those 10 years, the Prophet accepted the support of Abu Talib, and he accepted the uh, favors of Abu Talib on him. If Abu Talib is a mushrik, why would he accept it? That's the argument. We're not talking about the childhood, because childhood they could say, okay, this was before Islam. The Prophet didn't have an obligation to seek distance from mushriks before Islam. He had the obligation after the age of 40. So our counter-argument is for 10 years Abu Talib was alive and he constantly supported the Prophet, he constantly defended the Prophet, he constantly gave to the prophet, and the prophet accepted all the favors of Abu Talib. He never told him, "You're a mushrik; I can't accept your favors." He never said that. Why? The, the yes. We the you know? Okay, so Nabi Nabi Musa salam, even though God's plan was to take him to the palace of the Pharaoh, but Allah did not want him to breastfeed from any woman who was not a believer. So Allah somehow sent back his mother. So, how do you want to apply that to the Prophet? But they could say that Prophet Musa grew up in the palace of Firaun and Firaun was a mushrik. He wasn't breastfeeding him, but he grew up in his palace. So who was, yeah, so who was breastfeeding the Prophet? The, the Prophet's mother breastfed him for a while, then Halima Sa'diyah breastfed him. And then later, he grew up in the house of Abu Talib. We believe Halima Sa'diyah was a believer. Other uh, Sunnis may dispute that, but we, we believe she was a believer. It's impossible, that, that that's a good point to prove Halima was a believer, that, the one that you mentioned about Prophet Musa. Abu Talib didn't breastfeed the Prophet <laughs> but they but they could say the provisions of Firaun because Musa grew up in the palace of the Pharaoh so I mean after being breastfed what did he eat or where did he sleep they could make the argument that okay he grew up in the house of a mushrik so they could also say that the Prophet grew up in the house of a non-believer that's why I want to focus after age 40 40 and after, from the age of 40 to 50, when the Prophet was receiving revelation, Abu Talib was there. He supported him, he took care of him, he had favors on him. Yet the Prophet never said, you're a mushrik, I can't accept your favor. That's clear proof that he must have been a believer. Because the Prophet would not accept the favors of a mushrik for 10 years. The year of sorrow, when he and Khadija died. Yes, brother. Good question does not apply to those who uh, the uh, because they even in they, uh, they were against the prophet, yeah this does not apply to those who were muslim on the outside but they were hypocrites so if a hypocrite would bring something to the prophet he could accept it because the person is saying the shahada you know, he is saying, I accept you, your Rasulullah, even though the Prophet knows the person is a hypocrite, but at least the person is pretending to be a Muslim. It's okay to accept their gift. I mean, you're still not obligated to, but it's okay. But the one who openly commits shirk, who openly denounces the Prophet, who openly says, You're not a Prophet, you're a liar, how can you accept their gift? That's different than someone who from the outside is, you know, sweet talking you. And then you know from the inside they they have other motives. That would be a different scenario. Yeah so we don't have a hadith that says the Prophet never took a gift from a munafiq. I have not seen such a hadith. It's okay to take that. Okay that was the second point. The third point and the last point, Bukhari Sahih Bukhari narrates and other sources also indicate that on the night of the Hijrah, when the Prophet was migrating, from Mecca to Medina. He went into that cave for three days. On the night of the Hijrat, Abu Bakr bought two camels. This is what Bukhari says. He bought two camels and he brought one of them to the Prophet. And he said, O Prophet, take one of these two. I'm gifting you one of my two camels so we can go on the journey. The Prophet replied, "Bithaman, I'll only accept if I pay you for it. That's answering your question brother. The Prophet rejected according to Bukhari to accept the gift of Abu Bakr whom Ahl-Sunnah say was the greatest of Muslims of all time after the Prophet. Why would you reject the gift of your best companion, the gift of the best Muslim when you're in desperately need of it? You're, you're being, assa- you're, there's an attempt to assassinate you, you need to flee and you don't have anything with you. So someone, your best companion, supposedly your best companion comes and is like, this is a gift, I'll only take it if I pay for it. He did exactly what he do with the pagans. When they offered him that milk, he said, we'll, we'll buy it from you, I'm not going to accept it as a gift. So my question to other Muslims from other schools of thought, in such a critical moment, why would the Prophet, Not accept the gift of his best companion? (laughs) I don't know. I don't think this is, I have not seen that they've discussed this point. I haven't seen someone asking them and replying to it. It would be interesting to see what their response is. But if you ever have a dialogue with them, do ask them this question. How come the Prophet didn't accept his gift? Bukhari says, this is Bukhari, only if I pay for it. Why didn't he accept his gift? When it's mustahab, Sharan. In Islamic law, it's mustahab to accept the gift of your fellow Mu'min. It's mustahab. Why did the Prophet accept his gift? <laughs> yes. When we you know when the Shabbat go to restaurants and we're all offering to pay for each other and we say no no it's a gift, would it then be a for the for the other party to See today in our culture when a group of guys you go to a restaurant, right? It's not an official gift. You're going out there and then someone offers to pay. So, you're like, "No, it's okay. I'll pay for it." And you're showing your generosity. That's different. It's okay for you at that point to say, "No, let me take care of it. Give me the thawab of paying for it." That's fine. Doesn't become makruh on the other person if I say, "No, no. This is a gift." It doesn't become makruh unless you insist and you're going to get hurt and, you know, at that point they should give in. But if you say, "Let me pay for it." The other person also out of generosity should say no let me pay for it because it's mustahab to spend on believers that is not technically a gift you know that has been offered to you it's then then and there on the spot someone offering to pay for the bill so i wouldn't say it's makroo this is different than someone bringing you a gift someone coming to your door or wherever you're residing this is a gift Shar'an, according to Islam law it's mustahab to accept their gift it's not, it's discouraged to reject the, the gift of people. Unless there is an issue like a pagan giving it to you, right? Or there's another problem. So the Prophet here, Abu Bakr, he brings him, according to Bukhari, he brings a camel, he says, Ya Rasulullah, this is for you, a gift. And, and Bukhari claims, Abu Bakr told him, may, my, may the life of my parents be sacrificed for you, Ya me. Take my gift. Now if your best companion is speaking to you that way and your Islamic law states accept the gift from believers, why did Rasulullah not accept it as a gift? He says no, I'll buy it from you, why? Let them answer, I don't know. Yeah this is in Sunni works of history that they offered him the milk, the Prophet said no, I don't accept any gift from a mushrik. So what did the Muslims do? Because they wanted the milk, right? What did the Muslims do? They went and they bought it from them. The Prophet approved that. He's like yeah that's okay. The Prophet did the same with Abu Bakr on the night of Hijrah. He offered him the gift, he refused. He says I'll buy it from you. So our question to them is why did he not accept his gift? Allahu A'lam.